What kind of Pop-Tart are you eating? The best kind of Pop-Tart. S'mores. <laughs> oh, those are the best. I don't like the fruity ones very much. But really? That shouldn't be surprising. I don't really like fruity things very much. <laughs> but the s'mores ones are my favorite. The cookies and cream ones are pretty good. The hot fudge sundae ones are pretty good. But s'mores are my favorite. Nice. I also like the maple cinnamon chip ones. Or not cinnamon, but just like the maple cinnamon the brown cinnamon. sugar ones. Yeah, cinnamon brown sugar one is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Strawberry is fine. Blueberry is fine. But the s'mores. Yeah. All day. All nice, day. Nice, nice. <laughs> that is the best one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I really Something like about it. saving all of the marshmallow for the end. <laughs> so I would like eat all of the chocolate parts and all of the like borders and then I would save the marshmallow. So good. Yep. I love it. Yep. I don't know how, like anything s'mores flavored is so good. Like the seasonal Tillamook Fireside s'mores ice cream. Yeah. Ugh, I wish it was. Never tried that. What? It's so good. I wish they had it year long, but they don't. But it's got like these it? really soft graham cracker chunks, kind of like a cheesecake crust graham yeah. cracker chunks in it. And then they have like these like marshmallow bits, but it's not like Rocky Road marshmallow bits. It's like really good and then they've got like ribbons of chocolate in there and it's got like this s'more fiery flavor i don't know how they do it but it's delicious and if you get my mom one time got me like a different brand of s'mores ice cream because she couldn't find the tillamook one and it just was so bad (laughs) because they had like just normal marshmallows they were chewy and they were gross and it was just it didn't taste Sad. good. <laughs> the Tillamook Fireside S'mores ice cream is amazing. Nice. It literally tastes like they just s'mored a bunch of s'mores and then stuck them in there. <laughs> what I time of the them. year does that one come out? I think Did summer. Did I miss it? Oh. Cool. Let's look. When you I didn't get it any in this the store. Year. Same with Dairy Queen. Um, in the summer, they have a s'mores blizzard, which is really yummy. Nice. Ugh! Apparently, they discontinued it. Sad. I don't know now if I'll it's never get permanently or it. if it is just seasonally. But they said that they discontinued it. But it says end of summer. Discontinued. So I don't know if they're going to bring it back in the next summer. I hope so, because it's good. But yeah, I think it's a summer flavor if they bring it back. I nice. hope they do. It's amazing. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll never get to experience it. It's true. I'll be sad. And then I'll be sad for you. Thanks. Because it's so good. <laughs> Is there a seasonal something that you like that you wish was all the time? Um, Is this our personal question? No, it could be. No. But it's not. <laughs> um, this is just us talking. Yeah. While I, I eat a Pop-Tart. S'mores is a pretty solid choice. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I go out of my way to, like, try to eat s'mores things. I really like um, peppermint mocha. 
like mm. a peppermint peppermint and chocolate combination. Yeah, it would be good. That's one of my favorite combinations. Or like a minty hot chocolate. But like a peppermint hot chocolate. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably one of my favorites. My seasonal go-to. It's also really good in like mint chocolate chip ice cream. Mm-hmm. Hello, animal lovers. Welcome to the Animal Facts Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Jayla. We just want to remind everyone that we are not professionals, just animal enthusiasts. We love learning about them, talking about them, and discovering new ones. And all the crazy things that they can do. There are so many animals out there, and they are all so different. If we are misinformed, please email us at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com so we can correct ourselves. Some of the things we say may also just be our opinions. So just a reminder, we are enthusiasts, not professionals. Thanks Thanks for for joining joining us. us. Enjoy! Welcome, Animal (laughs) Fact Pals, podcast listeners, peoples, animals, Mm -hmm. all of you with ears. (laughs) Um, All of you with ears. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Um... (laughs) I'm Jayla. I'm Nicole. And this week, I'm super excited to tell Nicole all about my animal that I picked. It's true. Yesterday, I have no idea what it is. Last night at like 8 o'clock at night, no. I made my no. decision and I texted um, I texted Nolan and I was like, this is my decision, but everything was misspelled. So it was not <laughs> a, like you could not comprehend anything that came out of that text um it's the purest typo text yes so uh luckily i remembered my Good. animal so i did all the research um anyways it's not like the up against <laughs> no it's not like the up what is up against <laughs> we will never know we never will, because Nicole can't read her own handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. I'm sure it was great, too. Probably. <laughs> so, but before we get started, before Nicole gets to find out what animal we're going to learn about today, um, we got to talk about our personal question. Nicole. Yes. Your personal our... question is, what is one of your guilty pleasures? I don't, I don't think I have an answer. (laughs) Do you want me to give you my answer? Yeah, what's your answer? Okay. I have two answers. Um, the first one is, like, those reality game show TV things, like the, Mm. is Love is Blind, or The Circle, or, like, just those super cheesy drama trash tv (laughs) yeah yeah um that's kind of reality game show style um with the drama and like the what that person's the worst and yeah yeah i don't care for like the or i like a lot i like a lot of the dating ones i think the dating Mm -hmm. ones are funny like there was one in high school that my friend and i watched of dating in the dark um and then there's like the circle which is like a social media like one and then yeah so I like those things, the trash TV. That's one of my guilty pleasures. And then the other one 
is uh, very specific. I'm very specific about it, but romance novels. Okay. <laughs> so I, it, I'm very particular about what I like, though. If it's too much detail, I don't care for it. But if it just if it's just enough, I'm like, ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I read it, but those are a couple of my guilty pleasures. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> if that helps you figure out what one of yours is. Kind of. Um, <laughs> I feel like one of my guilty pleasures is probably watching Gilmore Girls. Okay. But like a lot, like uh-huh. it's it's like my go to thing in the background, and like I'll always have it there. Um, nice, but I feel like that's not guilty enough. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it's guilty enough? It's like what's like that embarrassing thing that you're slightly ashamed of, but also proud of. You know? Yeah, I don't. Not in shame, but embarrassed, I guess. Because I'm not ashamed of liking my trash TV or my romance novels. It's just a little embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If people find out, then I'm also like, eh, it's, it's my guilty pleasure. Like eating bananas and pickles or something. Something weird that you're like, what? But it's what you like. <laughs> I don't like pickles. I don't That's like really bananas specific. with pickles. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was just the first two things that I could think of, of, like something weird that people would be like, "What?" Or like, I used to babysit these girls that loved eating peanut butter pickle sandwiches. Mm. So, it's just those mm-hmm. a weird quirk. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think I don't know if this is guilty or not, but I love listening to like old eighties or even like seventies or sixties like pop music, like whatever was playing on their radio at the at the time, like the go to songs. But I I really like listening to them and singing along and dancing to them. But I won't ever let anybody else see that. Fair, fair. <laughs> so I guess that would be my guilty pleasure. There you go. Singing like and dancing own. to yeah. 70s and 80s pop music yep. while watching yep. Gilmore Girls. Yep. Great combination, <laughs> right? I love it. Yeah. I don't know. If I think of a better one throughout the podcast, I'll let you know. Cool. Or like it's going to happen later this week, you're going to think of something. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'll probably come up with something later on and be Mm -hmm. like oh nicole actually (laughs) excellent i think that happened with like one of our first personal questions i was like actually i want to change my answer (laughs) cool so trivia time trivia (laughs) moving on um (laughs) we got three questions is it a mammal does it have an a in it it is not a mammal and it does not have an a in it excellent just gotta it's get common that name way. does not have an uh, a in it i excellent. did look into the scientific name so watch me know its scientific name but not its common name <laughs> i probably don't even know what this is I mean, but i'm excited to find out <laughs> <laughs> um cool so your first hint is 
what animal contains a poison a thousand two hundred times more deadly than cyanide? Oh, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, a type of snake? <laughs> no. It's not a snake. Okay. It's not a snake. Okay. And then the next two questions are kind of going to get you closer to what type of animal it is. Okay. Um, so, what animal is believed to be the second most poisonous vertebrate in the world? Vertebrae. Is it a... Did you do an ocean creature? It could be considered an ocean creature. Okay. I want to say like a sea urchin or something, but I don't know. It's not <laughs> a sea urchin. I, I can't that see you been doing good, something in the water. So anytime you do something like ocean really, I'm like, ah! <laughs> Okay. Okay. And then the last one is, what animal is the most recognized species of fish in the world? It is a fish type thing. Jayla, aren't you proud of me? I ventured I'm out so of my comfort zone. I'm so proud of you. Oh my goodness. Oh, super poisonous fish could be ocean. I don't know. I don't know that many type of fish. I only know of like one poisonous fish, but I don't. I don't know. It's okay. Drum roll. Is it a lionfish? It is not a lionfish. It is a tetraodontidae. A what? <laughs> it's a tetraodontidae, which is its scientific name, also oh. known as the pufferfish. Oh! I forgot that pufferfish are poisonous. <laughs> it's like, I only met the lionfish? Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, oh. Yeah. oh I'm excited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, to follow up with one of the trivia questions is uh, it's the animal, what animal is believed to be the second most poisonous vertebrae in the world? Mm-hmm. The first most poisonous vertebrae in the world is believed to be the golden poison frog. So. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. So the puffer fish takes second. Um, Dang, more poisonous than that lionfish. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to call the animal we're talking about today the Tetrodontidae because that also might not be the right, right way to pronounce it. Fair um, enough. There was also Tetraodontidae, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, Pufferfish. Yeah. But we're gonna, there's a lot of other names it goes by. It's called the Pufferfish, the Globefish, the Balloonfish, the Swellfish, Blowies, which is my favorite. <laughs> Um, the bubble fish, toadfish, toadies, honey toads, sugar toads, sea squab, and fugu. Um, What? Fugu is actually the uh, Japanese term it's used as when it's described as a food, which we'll talk about later. Uh, And then there's more than 90. There's... Depending on where I looked, it was like 90 to 120 species of puffer fish found Dang. worldwide. But basically, it's about it's about 100-ish. Dang. Um, so, a lot of types yeah. of puffer fish. 
A lot of types of blowies out there. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so for most of the podcasts, I'll probably refer to them most commonly as the puffer fish. So cool, cool, cool. That's cool. exciting. Puffer yeah. fish. I know. It's a fish, Nicole. I was so proud. It's a of myself. fish. You did a fish. I know. <sighs> the pressure's on for me to do a bird. I know. <laughs> or the ant. Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. Just kidding. Nope. <laughs> um, cool. So, uh, basic description of the puffer fish was kind of hard because there's so many different species and they all kind of can be different based on what kind of puffer fish you're looking at. Mm-hmm. But um, so they vary in size and color, but they all have the common defense mechanism of blowing up like a beach ball. Um, I love it so much (laughs) yeah and when they're not blown up um, they don't have scales so they actually have a tough skin with usually prickly um, little pointers and they're not as sharp as a um, as a blowfish which um, or as a yeah as a blowfish which I'll explain um, in a couple minutes but they do have delicate spines, and some of them are covered in harsh spikes, so they're kind of like pointier, but they're not mm-hmm. super pointy. All pufferfish have fused teeth that form a beak-like structure with a split in the center of each jaw. So they technically right. have four teeth, um, two on the top and two on the bottom, and then they're fused together. Interesting. Um, yep, and then the body coloration is often related to um, the amount of toxin produced by the fish. So the brighter the color, the more likely it is to have a larger quantity of toxin in the fish. So they can range anywhere between brown, gray, yellow, blue, and white. And then they also have different color patterns based on what species they are. So um, they also range in size quite a bit. So the tiniest one is like about an inch long. Um, and that's deflated. That's not like... And then the other ones, can, the larger side is 25 inches long. And the bigger they are, the more they weigh, obviously. So the maximum weight I found was 30 pounds. Ooh, what? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 30 pounds worth of blowies and darts and poison. No, thanks. <laughs> yes, yes. Um and then their most common feature is that, yeah, is that because they have the beak, um, they also have really strong muscles around their faces, and so they can kind of look like they're smiling, um, which is really cute. <laughs> so and then like they, smiling while they murder you, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, they're all puffed up, <laughs> puffed up, smiling, and ready to murder. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, but they also have big eyes and their eyes <laughs> range in colors too. So, but like, they have like two big round eyes. They're all puffed up oh, and they're ready to gosh. murder. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bulging eyes, puffed up, smiling, ready to murder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. And smiling. Yeah. They're yep. so cute. Um, <laughs> they're cute and goofy, but deadly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, they are most closely related to the porcupine fit. It's the porcupine fish, also known as the blowfish, which is the, um, based on what I saw, it was basically the big round one 
Um, okay. It's actually what the uh, the um, we'll talk Finding about it Nemo? at the very end. Yeah, the Finding Nemo um, puffer fish or blowfish is is okay. that's like the circle one. Um, the puffer fish are kind of more slender, and they okay. kind of have more of like a face. Um, and then so blowfish are covered in spikes, while the puffer fish has that smoother skin. Um, and then when they're deflated, the puffer fish's um, little spikes are laying flat. So then mm-hmm. they're just kind of very smooth. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, while the okay. porcupine fish or the blowfish, when he's kind of deflated, he still has like all the little spikes. So it's like one of those little the spike holes. Porcupine fish versus the hedgehog fish. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> The blowfish is the porcupine fish, while the puffer fish is the hedgehog fish. Yeah, yeah. I so. understand. I'm catching your drift. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So that's what the puffer fish looks like. And cool. I, yeah. Moving on to history, I didn't find a whole lot about their history. Um, but it is thought that they evolved between 89 to 138 million years ago. Ah, they do have big eyes. They do, right? <laughs> They're so funny. I love it so much. And they, they kind of swim so around goofy. awkwardly, too. They're not very fast fish. They um, look like... <laughs> you've seen that so raven. Yeah. That episode where she eats mushrooms and gets super swole, like swelled up. Oh yeah, yeah. Where she has like <laughs> an allergic like reaction. They just look like they have like a huge allergic reaction. And they're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. They do. They kind of look derpy. Yeah, they do. I love it. They're cute though. Mm-hmm. Cute and derpy. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt <laughs> history time. No, it's all good. I just um, looked up their pictures. <laughs> yeah, they're cute. Uh, yeah, so they are thought to evolve um, between 89 to 138 million years ago. So they've been around for a while. Yeah, dang. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I, from what I found, nothing has really changed. <laughs> they're kind of just the you know, same. You know, when you got something going well, why change it? If it ain't right. broke, don't fix it. <laughs> right, right. Don't knock it till you try it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, but I did find a little bit, and that's really all I have about the history of the pufferfish. I did find a little bit of history on their name, though. Ooh, um, yeah. Yeah, so the toxin that they have is called a tetro- tetrodotoxin, um, and it was named after the family of tetrodotoxin. Tetrodon, uh, hang on. <laughs> I have to look at my pronunciation. Tetrodontidae, um, which is the the family um, that the puffer fish belongs to. Yeah. And so the toxin was named after the family, not the family named after the toxin that oh, they produce. Okay. Um, the toxin was first isolated in puffers and was connected and basically like permanently ingrained into their family name um and made with their family name essentially uh so where the name uh i have to look at my pronunciation tetraodontidae comes from is the puffer's unique uh like 
unique tech um, face structure. Sorry. Uh, and the name roughly translates to four teeth, um, which is why, oh. yeah, which is why you would find it um, if you managed to pry open the puffer fish mouth, you would see their four large teeth. Um, there's the two on the upper and two on the lower. And then <laughs> the uh, mouth has like a beak appearance. So um, it's pretty handy and they end up crushing their prey. Um, mm, nice. So and terrifying. Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> there's some weird facts about their teeth <laughs> that I'll, I'll tell you later. But cool. Um, yeah. So where do you think puffer fish live? In the ocean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can be found in the ocean. Um, they can also be found... Uh, they can be found in tropical and subtropical waters. And the majority of them can be found in coastal regions in uh, the Indian, Atlantic, and Pacific Oceans. However, there are some species that are freshwater. And they live in brackish water environments. Ah, that brackish water. Yep, yep. <laughs> and when I saw that, I was like, ooh, I know what that is. <laughs> Isn't that Nicole so has told me. I, I know what that is now. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, listeners, if you haven't heard our other podcast, and this is the first time you're listening, brackish water has been explained previously by Nicole. Um Nicole, do you want to explain brackish water very briefly? It's basically a mixture of fresh water and salt water. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's where like it's, rivers yep. and oceans meet. Yep. It's where the fresh water meets the ocean and it's that like in between space. So like where the water is happily together. <laughs> where the water meets the water. Where the water meets the water. <laughs> Yes, brackish water where the waters meet each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that I, that made me excited because I was like, "Ooh, I know that." Mm-hmm. And so, some species also reside off the coasts of Australia and the Amazon River. Um, and then there's various species that can be found, and they range in size from one inch to forty-seven inches. Um, which was a weird number to find out there because um, it's bigger than our average 30, uh, which I think, yeah, um, our average 30 pound, 30 pound fish. Um, so I think the 47 was just like, I don't know, one of those rare occasions. Um, but that fish was found in the waters of Africa and Japan. So it's a big uh, boy. Mm hmm. And then out of the 120 species of puffer fish, only 29 of them are truly native to freshwater. Um, and then about 40 species can survive in the brackish water. So Nice. Mm-hmm. Some of the species for freshwater are the dwarf puffer fish, which is the most common to have as a pet. Oh, um, so cute. Mm-hmm. Minis uh, are the giant. Cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The giant freshwater puffer fish, which can grow up to two feet long um, and is Ooh. native to Africa. <laughs> uh, the bronze puffer fish found in the waters of Asia. The red-tailed, red-eyed puffer fish, which literally has a red eye. Um, Just one? 
Well, it, I mean, both of its eyes are red. But okay, I was it's, like, it's got yeah. one red eye. That's terrifying and cool, yeah. but terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, the, the coloring is pretty wild on that one. Um, so those are just some of the freshwater fishes out there. So. Cool. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I also. <gasps> I just looked up pictures of the red eyed one. Oh, yeah. He is kind of long. He kind of looks like he's got dead eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Staring straight at you. It's creepy. Oh, and them being puffed up is creepy. Yeah. They're so <laughs> weird. Okay. They are weird. Um, so I didn't really find too much about their behavior without diving into what happens when they're scared or frightened or puffed up. Um, okay. So, but that also has a lot to do with their, um, uh, their diet and their hunting and their threats and predators. So I'm going to briefly go over their mating, um, and how, how they, I don't know, float around. Um, (laughs) (laughs) how they float around. I was going to say puff around, but I didn't feel like that was as, as good. Anyways, um, and then we'll talk about <laughs> them toxins. <laughs> so, uh, they are pretty solitary, um, and they can be very violent towards humans and other predators. Um, so any like other fishes in their territory or anything else swimming around, but they do get really attached to their mates. Um, so when it's like mating time or when they're all ready to get down and mingle, um, two puffer fish will court, so the male and the female, and then the male will push the female to a safe place along the shore where she can lay her eggs. So he's basically like guiding her and protecting her, um, so that they can find a safe space together. And then she'll lay her clutch of eggs, which is about six eggs, um, and they'll they'll be light enough to float to the surface of the water. So they'll float. And then the couple, yeah. So then the two puffer fish will remain in the area until the eggs hatch. Um, And they'll basically like keep an eye on them. And then puffer fish eggs hatch within a week after they are laid. And the baby puffer fish are usually too small to see, but they will grow quickly over the next couple months and then a fully grown puffer fish can weigh as we talked about um, as much as 30 pounds so the uh, baby puffer fish do not usually stay with their parents and they're really eager to like go venture out on their own um, <laughs> so they don't really stay ready to adult. <laughs> yeah they don't really stick around um, and that way different puffer di- ha <laughs> <laughs> They don't stick around. That was not intended. <laughs> um, Do you think pufferfish ever get stuck to each other? I don't know. That's a good question. Like Velcro? <laughs> I just imagine they're like little hooks. Like, Yeah. Hell. <laughs> Let me go. I can't. Deflate. <laughs> Deflate. Deflate. I can't. I'm panicking. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this situation is stressing me out. I can't deflate. <laughs> deep breaths, deep breaths. <laughs> <gasps> That's funny. 
<laughs> I'm now imagining a couple, like, and then, like, more of them just get stuck together. <laughs> like, magnets almost, like, they just keep, and then they're just, oh, like, yeah. a giant ball of puffer fish stuck together, because they're like, ah! Uh, would it be a puff ball? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they could be the power puff daddy. fish. And that's like their ultimate weapon is they all just stick together and then like demolish their like a giant wrecking ball. <laughs> a that puffed so up great. wrecking ball. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Can someone please make that into a cartoon instead of the powder puff girls? They're a bunch of puffer fish. Powerpuff fish. <laughs> I love it so much. All right. <laughs> How old? <laughs> so the kids go off on their own to find their own Powderpuff team. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and then in the wild, how old do you think these powder puffers live to be? <laughs> That's it. Oh. <laughs> that's that's literally that's the pretty number. old for a fish. It is pretty old. Um, <laughs> yeah, they live to be about ten years old, and I didn't find a real difference of them being in captivity versus in the wild, um, just because they do have a pretty good self defense mechanism. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. That was a good guess. Thanks. <laughs> I was feeling inspired by those. Powder puff fish. <laughs> Who do you Next. think their Mojo Jojo enemy would be? What is like the Mojo Jojo of the sea? Is there a monkey in the sea? A sea monkey? A sea monkey? <laughs> <laughs> would it be a sea monkey? Do you think fish insults, you know how, like, you insult someone being, like, you chicken, like, threatening, like, asking them if they're afraid? Do you think their insults are, you tuna, because tuna's the chicken of the sea? You tuna. You chicken. You tuna. Are you tuna? <laughs> are you chicken? Are you tuna? Are you tuna? <laughs> like, no, I'm one <laughs> I feel like tuna's like a super sporty fish. It wouldn't be as... Anyways. <laughs> we'll have to do a episode on tuna. We will. We will. <laughs> While we eat tuna sandwiches. There you go. <laughs> oh, we're talking about how amazing they are, and then we're like stuffing our face with tuna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or tuna on sushi. Mm, yes. That would be good. Sushi. Guilty mm. pleasure? <laughs> mm, true <laughs> actually they, yes <laughs> cool uh, okay, okay cool. so they go off on their own they live to be 10 <laughs> yes um what do you think they eat within their 10 years of life 
I don't know, but do they skewer it to their spikes and then get stuck and we can have this whole conversation again? <laughs> they don't. They don't. They eat it with their beaks. Oh, right. And their, their four teeth. teeth. Yeah. <laughs> do you think food ever does get stuck to their spikes? Maybe. They like accidentally shish kebab a bunch of fish <laughs> or whatever they eat. I don't know. Well, I don't know if they could with what they eat. Oh. Do they eat, like, crustaceans or something? What do they eat? Mm-hmm. They do eat some crustaceans. Oh. They eat, um, they're mostly carnivorous. Um, occasionally, they will eat each other. Oh, um, So cool. they're also sometimes cannibals. But <laughs> for the most part, um, they eat algae, and they also eat other aquatic plants for convenience, but they prefer eating shellfish such as mollusks, clams, and even crabs. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like they would have to de de shell their crab and then put it on their spike and then be like, "Wait, it's out of reach. It's too close to my butt. I can't get it." You know. I, I imagine that literally as like a war paint thing. Like they de shell them and they stab them to themselves and they're like, "I'm ready for battle." <laughs> Like a creepy massacre thing. Because they are goofy and yeah. cute, but they're mm-hmm. ready for murder while they're smiling. They are. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They'll smile while they're murdering you, you crab. Deshelling you. Ugh. What are you, a crab? <laughs> I wonder if that's why they like crustaceans, because all the soft stuff kept getting stuck to their spikes. Maybe. Um, maybe. They shell are- you, crab. <laughs> They are able to eat the shells, uh, the shellfish, the mollusk, clams, and crabs because of their beaks um, and their formation of the four teeth that have developed. Um, the tough beaks are used to open the shells and kill if necessary to get to their food source. Um, and then pufferfish have like three distinct um, hunting methods. So the first one is stealth. Um, they'll sneak up on unsuspecting prey and then strike. Uh, one of the pufferfish that does this is the crested puffer and the dwarf puffer, so the little baby one. Um, so <laughs> they are usually stealth predators. Um, and because they are so small, they're more vulnerable to being eaten by larger fish. So they stay close to cover and are only ever found in underground riverbanks and other places where there's lots of tree roots, plants, and other hiding places. Um, and they'll swim slowly through the undergrowth because um, they're small, small puffers. Uh, and then they'll hunt for snails, mosquito larvae, water beetles, and other small invertebrates um, rather than going for this like giant crab that would literally just like catch them. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. And then... Um, the second method is called ambush, um, and that's the process which involves essentially ambushing their prey. Um, they wait patiently in a hidden area for prey to get close, and then unlike other types of puffer fish, um, which feed usually on invertebrates, these puffers eat fish. Um, so they do still, puffer fish overall lack in speed, and they can't chase prey down. Um, so that's why they use one of these three methods. So instead, they these pufferfish will hide in the sand, and then they'll lunge upwards at any fish that swims above them. Um, okay. 
and the, the one of the main examples of this um, technique is the Congo puffer and this puffer <laughs> yeah this puffer literally digs itself into the sand with only its eyes protruding um, so sticking out and then it waits for fish to swim overhead and uh, it will just like launch itself up eat its fish and come back down nice yeah and scary uh-huh uh-huh um and then the third method is open water hunting so this is more of an offensive method which involves swimming in the open to find food and so the puffer fish will often cruise over rocky and sandy substrates um looking for potential prey and this these species usually feed on the oysters clams snails shrimps and crabs because um, they're just swimming out in the open. And they do a lot of their hunting by sight. Um, so this particular um, hunting method, uh, the puffer fish is like on the lookout for all of these little things that they can eat. Um, and when looking for food, the puffers will carefully swim up and down objects um, like the oyster beds, mangrove roots, or aquatic plants searching for their prey. And it's... <laughs> The hunting style was described as being um, carried out diligently and efficiently because of their excellent eyesight and their unique swimming mode. So the way puffer fish swim compared to that of other fish is comparing it to like a helicopter um, to an airplane. So they might be slow, but they're extremely maneuverable. So they can kind of like hover in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swerve. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're yeah, the helicopters yeah. of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's how they get around and that's how they uh, can do the op- open water hunting without basically getting caught. Um, is they can just like swerve out of the way. So. Nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we talk about what the puffer fish eats. What do you think eats a puffer sh- fish successfully? Bigger fish. Sometimes. And people. Sometimes. Ah! Yeah, I feel like they're really poisonous. I wouldn't want to try risking it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, definitely not recommended. <laughs> uh, sharks? Yep. Okay. That's, those are that's actually, all I've got. <laughs> those are the top three. Nice. Um, so the top predator is a shark. That's their nat- natural predator. And that's because they are the only ones proven to be immune to the puffer's toxin. Mm. And so they can eat the puffer fish without any negative consequences. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And because the puffer fish is not fished for a source of food, we don't really know how many puffer fish are actually out there. Okay. And so the puffer fish is labeled as least concern. Uh, however, all types of uh, takifuju, which uh, is a Japanese puffer, which is the fuju puffer, which is the other name a puffer fish can be called, um, okay. those types are all considered to be near threatened because they are either used as exotic foods or exotic pets. Okay. Uh, so that puts humans as their number one. Yeah. Threat. <laughs> yeah. A threat we like those exotic things man yeah um but how does the puffer fish defend itself it puffs it, it puffs. puffs and it puffs and it 
blows in some poison. I don't know. <laughs> huffs and puffs and tries to murder. <laughs> yep. It huffs and puffs. Um, and so because they're not fast and they're pretty helicopter-ish, um, they don't have a huge, like, they can't just speed swim away. Mm-hmm. Um, swim away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what they do is instead when a, a bigger fish or a shark or something comes up to get them, the puffer fish actually inhale air and turn into the spherical version of themselves. Um, and oftentimes <laughs> they have the poisonous spikes um, to deter any larger predators that might want to eat them into a really quick meal. One of the videos that I watched was of an otter trying to get a puffer fish and he turned it basically the puffer fish turned into a beach ball and he was just like bobbing along the top and the otter was just like i don't know how to i can't why can't this fit in my mouth yeah. anymore yeah yeah um, yeah and he was getting really frustrated but it was really cute that is um cute. yeah mm-hmm. and then puffer fish do have their incredibly thick skin so it's really hard to penetrate them um so you can't just pop them like a beach ball gotcha, gotcha. so uh one of the things about that, though, is that for years it was believed that the puffer fish pulled oxygen from the water through their gills to puff up, and they held their breath to maintain that appearance. However, recent research was done by an Australian marine biologist, um, and it discovered that puffer fish continue to breathe while they are puffed up. So they're not oh. holding their breath. Um, Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then there's research found that the puffer fish actually takes in air through their skin, not through their gills. And this can put a great deal of stress on the puffer fish's body. And it can take up to five hours and 36 minutes for puffer fish's metabolism to return back to normal because they've been using all of it. Um, Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. So, That's crazy. Yeah. On top of puffing up, um, the most dangerous thing about the puffer fish is that it's covered in uh, tetrodotoxin, which is D or TXX, um, which is that toxin that's a thousand two hundred times more deadly than cyanide. Right. Uh, their toxin so is so scary. potent. Yeah, it one puffer fish can kill can contain enough toxin to kill thirty adult men. Oof. Mm-hmm. Oof. Uh-huh. So we don't want a giant pufferfish wrecking ball swinging around the city. Not if you intend to ingest it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Depending on the amount of poison ingested, symptoms can range from mild, uh, which is tingling and numbness in the lips and mouth, to increasingly alarming, which is limb paralysis. Par- yeah, yeah. Paralysis, basically being paralyzed. Paralysis. Um, thank you. Okay. It's like why can't I? S- I'm <laughs> staring right at this a word to figure out how to like what you're saying. It's like paralysis. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Paralyzed limbs, um, to death and respiratory failure. Um. Ooh, lovely. Yeah. The best part about that is that. You don't go unconscious, uh, and that is not a symptom or a common symptom when you are poisoned or 
by this toxin. So victims get to remain awake and alert for the better part of their agonizing death. Cool. Isn't that a real kicker? Um, Cool. Yeah. So the toxin is extremely dangerous to humans. Uh, A lot of animals don't have as severe uh, reactions to them. And there was actually a time when uh, people thought dolphins were eating puffer fish so that they could get high off the tetrodotoxin <laughs> by chewing on a piece of the puffer fish um, and it was basically like a narcotic like effect for the dolphins cool. so yeah cool uh, yeah. dolphin narcotics yeah. <laughs> right uh, oh gosh and then the level of the toxins vary from species to species and some Scientists do argue that the puffer fish is not born poisonous, but rather develops it um, through the trait or through what they ingest. So the reason why this is a theory is um, several observations support the food chain theory. So basically, they're eating something in their environment that makes them toxic. And then in turn, their toxicity goes on to like just be developed into their body and into their system and then they become immune to it themselves but everything else has a bad reaction to them essentially and it's essentially the same thing and the same chemical and the same toxin that is in our poison dart frogs oh Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. um so the same thing is that they're eating stuff in their environment they're getting all this bacteria and their poison um, is generating in their body and then they become poisonous themselves. Um, Crazy. So, yeah. Um, and they don't think it's a natural thing. They don't think it's uh, something that has independ- independently evolved based on if you're a poison dart frog or if you're the puffer fish um, because there's no way that would have evolved in both of those species um, because they're the so same. <laughs> yeah they're so separate um, yeah so uh as pufferfish are kept in captivity and as they're breeded for being pets though their toxicity does decrease that's uh, nice yeah for the so. owners mm-hmm. and that's because they're not susceptible to like their natural surroundings so and you can only die if you eat them like you can't die if they poke you or can you still get not from what I found. From okay. what I found, you have to eat it. You have to ingest okay. it. So the com- consumption, which we're going to uh, kind of quick dive into, is actually not recommended gotcha, <laughs> like <gotcha>. a- anywhere. <laughs> um, so Japan is very famous for the epicenter of the puffer fish or fugu, um, which is the local term of consumption for the puffer fish. Um, and... The pufferfish is uh, <laughs> is like a delicacy um, in Japan, and the highest amount of toxin is uh, stored in the liver and the ovaries of the fish, um, <laughs> and so it's actually uh, banned to serve fugu liver since 1984. Because some people are like, hmm, I want to eat that. Let me see if I live. Cool. <sighs> yeah. It's the purest adrenaline junkie there is. Let me yes. see if I live or die by eating this delicacy thing. Yes. Um, so Japan chefs 
who want to serve fugu have to go through all sorts of education and certification before they are allowed to prepare the animals for customers. And that can take anywhere between three to four years. Um, yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. So, uh, and basically it's a, just a very thorough cleaning process, a very thorough serving process. Um, but it is very famous to be a sashimi. And that's the most popular way to prepare the dish. And then it can also be baked, fried, or made into a tasty soup. Um, of course, people don't recommend doing it because one of the most common things is that people don't uh, classify or um, mark the species correctly. So sometimes uh. it could be uh, okay or kind of safe um, puffer fish or a non-toxic one. And then it's actually like one of the most toxic puffer fish that you could ever get or um one of the other stories i read was that it was uh, marked as like a type of shark even though it oh. was puffer fish and then it was cleaned improperly and oh. then the people got really sick um, yeah fair mm-hmm. yep that's terrifying yeah so you just think you're eating something safe and then you end up in the hospital yeah yep talk about food poisoning um, so for the most part, the toxins are uh, stored in the skin, intestines, liver. Um, so the muscle is actually the best part of the puffer fish to consume, but it can be really tough and it's not um, the best texture or the best flavor. Um, so it's also kind of not worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's the safest so, but not the best to taste yeah. or eat. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's... That's the puffer fish. So don't eat it. That's the moral of this story. Don't yeah. risk it. Don't risk your life to eat a puffer fish. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you ready to learn about famous puffer fish? Yes. Cool. There's uh, lots of puffer fishes. Uh, there's also puffer fish that are also lumped into blowfish and porcupine fish, which we talked about at the beginning as being separate. Um, right. But because they're very similar and they're basically cousins, they get lumped together a lot uh, when you're talking about famous ones. So I did find uh, Bloat, the pufferfish from Finding Nemo, um, is listed as a pufferfish. Uh, nice. Mrs. Puff in SpongeBob. Ah. Um, yeah, she's actually technically uh, labeled as a porcupine fish, which is a blowfish. Um, but her name is Mrs. Puff. So I was like, mm. she still puffs up. Yep. Blows yep. up. Mrs. Yep. Blow just doesn't sound right. <laughs> Which is probably why they went with Mrs. Puff. <laughs> <laughs> so SpongeBob actually was originally meant for Adult Swim. So if it actually became an adult show, I'm sure they would have named her Mrs. Blow (laughs) instead of a kid's show. Everything would change. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Gosh. Cool. Moving on. Uh, Sykes from Shark Tale is also a uh, pufferfish. Okay. And he's the one who owns the whale wash and... Oh, uh, right, right. He's the one that Oscar owes like 5,000 clams to. Um, Excellent. 
accent. Yep, yep. And then there's Hootie and the Blowfish, the band uh, from 1986. Um, and then there's Rana the Puff, or Rona the Puff. I don't actually know how to pronounce her name. But it's R-O-N-A the Puff. And the she puff. is the aspiring Finfluencer on Instagram. And that was the description name. She has 30,000 30, followers uh, and has had a growing fan base thanks to her dad's, so her owner's, posters plastered around D.C. Um, she was uh, obtained during quarantine for the COVID quarantine times uh, and is described as a vicious crawfish destroyer. <laughs> And those are some of the most popular videos of her destroying and eating crawfish in her tank. Um, But she is, she has a big personality. She's really cute. Uh, So you can find her on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. Find her on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Story time. (laughs) Yes. But spell her name for me one more time. Uh, R-O-N-A. The Puff. And it's all one word. The Mm-hmm. oh she's so cute right right oh i love her and now i am following her okay yes yeah. <laughs> cool animal instagrams i love them yes yes um so i kind of split story time into two sections so i have a very small story and then i have is this the right pet for you excellent so uh story time is back in the 1980s people briefly thought that you could turn regular humans into zombies by dosing them with the tetrodotoxin, uh, which is the toxin from the pufferfish. The dolphin's narcotic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was thanks to the work of a young Harvard ethnobotanist um, named Wade Davis, who published several papers and eventually a book saying that the tetrodotoxin was one of the active ingredients in the so-called zombie powder (laughs) of Haitian folklore uh, used to transform the living into zombie slaves doomed to serve their sorcerers who raised them from the graves. Um, Cool. Yes. The book Davis wrote about his adventures gathering zombie powder, which was called The Serpent and the Rainbow, was later made into a horror film directed by Wes Craven, uh, of the Nightmare of Elm Street. Um, so that's where that connection is. Uh, Davis never claimed anyone actually died and was reborn as a zombie. He merely proposed that the tetrodotoxin was used to stage the death-like experience that would convince victims of their own zombification. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. He also never tested it. <laughs> so nobody I mean, was actually turned into zombies. I don't blame him for not fully testing that. Yeah. Um, he did go to great lengths to try and purchase the zombie powder from locals. Um, and there were no <laughs> formal experiments. And only trace amounts of detrodotoxin were found by chemical analysis of the samples. So it was an interesting idea. Um, but there's no proof. That pufferfish uh, turn you into zombies. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was funny. That is funny. <laughs> so. Would you get a pet pufferfish? 
No. <laughs> Is it because it's poisonous? Uh, I think the tank would require a lot of effort. <laughs> yep. That's actually very true. I think it's the upkeep that I'm more like, eh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the tank, actually, uh, the tank size really depends on what size of the fish you're getting to live in it, which could be anywhere between the average size of a pet puffer fish is three to six inches. Right, because it's the dwarf puffer fish. Right, right. The small one. But they do recommend as a good rule of thumb of thumb to give the fish five to six gallons of water for every inch of its body size. Oh. Yeah. And then the puffer fish also needs slightly al- alkaline water um, with a pH level of about eight to eight and a half and the temperature to be approximately eight degrees Fahrenheit or 80 degrees Fahrenheit, not eight. Sorry. <laughs> Um, eight degrees (laughs) yes yes Uh, and then you do have a like wide range of puffer fish like types to choose from so anything between like a black body with a light speck or green with large black splotches or a neutral cream colored puffer fish like finding nemo you know like you have all of the color choices under the sun um and you have to provide uh a variety of worms, krill, and prawns with live algae or algae wafers to mix in um, for the puffer fish to eat. Otherwise, it's not going to get the full nutrients that it needs and it's not going to live its 10 years. But uh, people do say, and many pet owners do swear that these puffer fish have some of the liveliest personalities. So, Nicole, you were looking up all the pictures and they were all like smiling. They got their little beaks. Um, Yeah. They're cute. Yeah. They have been known to have the most like active and amazing personalities of fish uh, specifically. And so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and because they have the the four, four teeth, they have a lot of those muscles around the face. And so they do create a lot of facial expressions. So they'll mm-hmm. also like kind of almost raise their eyebrows if they had eyebrows. Um and they've been known to beg for food and are able to recognize their owners by sight. Uh, I read That's a story that they that somebody trained their puffer fish and they would hold a hoop above the tank. And for food, the puffer fish would literally come out of the water, jump through the hoop, and back into the water. That's so cool. Yeah. Somebody trained their puffer fish. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. And then while they're interested... Uh, and a lot of people get them because they want to see them puff. That's actually really strenuous on their bodies. Um, yeah. And they should only do that when they're frightened. So you should avoid scaring or stimulating them just to see them inflate. So like having a yeah. little kid tap on that glass. Darla. Um, yeah. It's not the best idea. So. Yeah. You don't want to stress out your fishy. Yeah. Let the fishy sleep. <laughs> Um, puffer fish of salt water and fresh water. It doesn't matter what kind of fish you get. Um, brackish water? <laughs> yes. Even brackish water do suffer from parasite-based fish diseases, commonly referred as itch. Um, it's just I-C-H, so it might be ish. I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> these parasites make the scales or skin of your fish itchy, and they might 
try to scratch themselves by rubbing against the walls of the tank or the objects inside of it. And other signs of the itch include skin or scale discoloration. Um, and of course, it most puffers are toxic. So that's going to be your biggest thing is that you can't pet your puffer fish because it's going to yeah. be toxic. Um, so those are some of the downsides of, of your puffer fish pet. But supposed to be super happy and friendly and enthusiastic and like they've super got very excited. big personalities yeah and they're smart and they'll kill you with their <laughs> smile they're cute they're <laughs> smiley and they're ready to murder you <laughs> yep yep so cool ready for that quick lightning round i got a couple more facts for you yes sweet <laughs> <laughs> uh Pufferfish are the only bony fish that can close their eyes. Oh. They don't have eyelids. What? So what they do is they pull their eyeballs deep <laughs> into their sockets <laughs> um, to the depth of about 70% of the eye's full diameter. And then they squeeze the skin surrounding the eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. I figured I'd start with that one because it's weird. What? Yeah. I guess that's what happens when you haven't had eyelids for 138 million years. Right? You gotta blink sometimes. You adapt (laughs) rather than growing eyelids. You just suck your eyeballs in and squeeze your face shut. (laughs) And smile. so creepy. And smile while puffing up. Yes. yes. If you're not ready to be murdered, guess again. (laughs) Oh, that's so um, weird. Yep. And they um, have big eyes too. Oh my god. They gosh. do. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yep. They're weird little dudes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they just keep puffing. <laughs> just keep puffing, puffing, puffing. What do what we do? do? We, we puff, puff eye. Oh. <laughs> we puff, puff. That's okay. <laughs> yep. Um, puffer fishes forty. <laughs> Mrs. Blows. <laughs> Puffer f- <laughs> blowies four teeth <laughs> always keep growing, so they oh. need to feed on hard shells to help organically trim their teeth and keep them short. Kind of like how we file yeah. our nails; they file yeah. their teeth. Interesting. Makes yeah. sense. We don't want them uh, to have big old sharp teeth. They're already yeah. murderous enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> And then weight for weight, this is my last fact, weight for weight is the tetrodotoxin is up to 100 times as deadly as the venom of the black widow spider. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if so, you have, uh, what was it, like 38 men um, that you want to just... Men? Was it 30 men? I don't remember. Something. A lot of adult men. If you have... Now I can't even find it. If you have a bunch of adult men... <laughs> you just want to knock them out. Just sitting around. Get a puffer fish You're right. instead of Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> it was 30. Um, ooh, yeah. Actually, puffer fish would be a, a good villain. Right? She. It should be Scarlet Black Widow's top villain yeah puffer mrs puffer mrs puff (laughs) mrs puff 
You gotta watch Look out, out Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> She's puffed up, smiling, and ready to murder you. Yep, yep. Those uh, poison dart frogs and the puffer fish are gonna get together. It's a powder puff fish. Powder puff fish. Now they're villains. Yep. <laughs> the sea monkeys are the good guys. <laughs> cool. Well, that's all my facts. Cool. Thanks I really, for... It was very good. Thanks, thanks. Puffer fish. Oh, thanks man. for listening about the Tetrodonte die. <laughs> also known as the puffer fish. My or blowies. Pleasure. <laughs> Mrs. Blow. Uh, yes. The things that are going to murder you in the sea. Uh, yeah. But I was proud. I did While smiling. Some, some research on a fish. So. Yeah. I'm very impressed with you. Bravo. Yeah. So research didn't blow up in my face. <laughs> it was nice. just very toxic. <laughs> cool, I'm done. <laughs> Until next time, listeners. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, animal lovers. This has been the Animal Facts Podcast with Nicole and Jayla. Please rate, review, and tell all your friends so we can continue with your support and sharing fun animal facts with you. We are also looking forward to hearing from you, our listeners, so feel free to email us at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com with facts you want us to cover, facts you want us to correct, cool or crazy stories you have involving animals we have talked about in the past or may be talking about in the future, or any wild or domesticated (laughs) animals you'd like us to research and add to our list. We want to hear from you and feature your stories as well, so feel free to email them to us. You can also follow us on Instagram at Animal Facts Podcast for updates and other random things. Click the link in the description for our resources, merchandise, and other cool things. Thank you for listening, liking, subscribing, and supporting us in our animal discoveries and adventures. Our awesome drum roll is provided by my really cool brother and father-in-law, Ethan and Kent Polson. And a special thanks to my best friend, Jewel, for our music. Until Until next time, bye! Alright, are you ready for your random animal fact? I am. Does it have anything to do with pufferfish? It doesn't! So, today is my sister's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. Happy birthday, dear Nicole sister. Cha-cha-cha. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. So, I wanted to do a random little fact about her favorite animal. Um, and her favorite animal is an elephant. Nice. Yes. So, a random fact about elephants for everyone, but most importantly, my big sister, one of the two, um, is that (laughs) elephants communicate through vibrations. Ooh. Yeah. So, they communicate in a variety of ways, which are like sounds, trumpet calls, body language, touch, scent, all those things, but they also communicate through, um, it says seismic signals, 
which are sounds that create vibrations in the ground, which they can detect through their bones. That's weird. But cool. That is so cool. So they feel the vibrations in the ground through their bones. That's... Huh. Yep, so, that's my random elephant fact for my big sissy. Do you think as your sister ages, she will be able to... <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like osteoporosis, she'll just get vibrations through her bones. <laughs> Communicate with vibrations through her, boi- through her bones. I can feel it in my bones. It's a whole new meaning. It is a whole new meaning. Oh, snap. I'll have to ask her. <laughs> oh, snap is what my bones are going to say when oh, they crack. No. <laughs> From all that vibration. <laughs> Whoa. Too much co- like too much communication. You're making my bones my bones vibrate too much. They're going to crack. <laughs> uh, oh, cool. man. Well, happy birthday, sister. Yeah, happy birthday, Nicole, sister. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. 